0: Welcome everyone to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Walker County Green Team, your hosts are myself, Alec Lapoydevin,
1: and me, Laura Laux. Hey
0: everyone, and welcome to Greencast. We've got another mini-series episode today for our sustainability fair. My name is Alec Lapoydevin, and I will be talking today with Loriana Raymond Duvernal, who was the first ever guest on Greencast. So it's great to have her back. We talk a little bit about her involvement with the Sustainability Fair and uh, just kind of get into a couple topics from, from even our last episode. So hope you appreciate it. And we would love to see you all at our Sustainability Fair coming up August 28th of 2021. It's going to be at the Retzer Nature Center in Waukesha. It'll be an all-day event with plenty of activities for kids, adults. We've got food, electric vehicle displays. There will be presentations, a lot of education, and plenty of vendors and, and booths to come check out. So we would, we would love to have you there. Check out our Facebook page, our website, org for any information, and it's really just going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy the episode. So welcome everyone to Greencast. Uh, Appreciate everyone joining us for another episode here. I'm excited for this one. I guess I'm excited for everyone, but this is uh, a great talk today with Loriana, who was the first guest to join us on Greencast. So Hello, Loriana, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about our Waukesha County Green Team Sustainability Fair, coming up in August on the 28th, and we'll talk about a few things going on there. So Awesome, thanks Loriana, so much for having me
1: again, I'm excited yeah. to talk with you.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it'll be good to get into a couple things here, and um, yeah, it's been a while, I can't believe we're on year two of Great. this. And, Yeah, you were the first, first ever, (laughs) you know, it'll go down in history when this takes off.
1: Oh, I'm I'm glad that I could have another first under my belt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. So Loriana, um, I know you're, you're part of our Washer County green team Sussex group. So I know that hasn't been going on due to, due to everything going on in the world right now, but um, you are going to be helping us out with the sustainability fair by, joining and um, hanging out there with us for the day um so one of the big things i want to talk to you about is your book sure so let's get into that tell us what it's what it's about how you got to doing it and um maybe just give people some more info on it
1: sure well Thank you for for mentioning it. So I always say my my little COVID project was uh, publishing a children's book, and wasn't something that I had ever thought I would do in my life. But you know, the more I thought about it, the more it was something that I just wanted to try. And so, right at the beginning of The shutdown, I found out that a manuscript that I had submitted to Orange Hat Publishing, which is in Waukesha, uh, got picked up for publication. Um, I had been a part of a writers group through uh, SCBWI, which is the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. I think I have that acronym right. (laughs) and so had been you know, doing some critique groups um, with various people around Wisconsin, um, but this was the first manuscript that I had submitted. And it was, it was a great learning process. Um, got to kind of figure out the publishing world a little bit um, and just learn the process of what it takes to get a book uh, published. Um, worked with an illustrator who is out of the state of Oregon, and she did just an amazing job. The book is about what animals do in the winter. And it came about when I was actually on a hike at Retzer Nature Center with my daughter. She was on a field trip there. And um, she was looking for frogs and was really dejected that she wasn't finding any frogs. And it was the middle of January. And so I was like, there's no frogs out right now, Marina. And she was kind of like, well, where did they go? And I was like, I don't know. In my head, I'm thinking, I should know this because I teach this stuff. (laughs) But I was like, I don't know, under something somewhere. And she looked at me and said, under? In the mud? And the way that that flowed under in the mud reminded me of a kid's book that I had um, over in the meadow. And it's a counting book and it rhymes and it has different animals. And so as we continued our hike, we were trying to think of, you know, different animals and words that rhymed with numbers and you know, when I got home, just kind of jotted down some notes. And it took, you know, a long time for me to come back to that and and start writing about it. But that eventually became the title of the book. Um, So it's Under in the Mud. And it's um, about 10 different animals and all the different ways that they survive the winter. And, uh, you know, some of them we know, like, you know, Canada geese, they either stick around here or they migrate, but not a lot of people know what spring peepers do or garter snakes. And so, For me, it was neat to research and learn and just find out what those animals do. Um, And the challenge of writing it and getting things, you know, to sound right and to rhyme and to make um, images pop in people's heads uh, in addition to the illustrations was a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, it was a a great thing for me to do over COVID as well. I I got to read to a lot of schools and nature centers and libraries. So for me, that was a lot of fun because it was the way that I could connect with students uh, because we didn't have them at our nature center this year either. Uh, so if anyone's interested, it is on Amazon. Um, you just look up either my name or look up under in the mud and you'll find it. Um, otherwise you can purchase it through orange hat publishing, um, or on my website as well, which is com.
0: Excellent. And I'm, I'm actually looking <laughs> right at it on Amazon. Um, so it was super easy to find. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, what a cool, what a cool way to come up with a, a book concept, you know, walk around yeah. with your daughter and, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm an avid reader, so it's like a lot of, and I've, I've read a lot of stories about writing and stuff and, um, you know, authors tend to, you know, they come up with these ideas kind of out of the blue or, you know, through an experience of some yeah. sort. Yeah. There and some, are,
1: some people are better than others. It definitely takes me a while to be like, oh, yeah, maybe that would be a good idea. So it's not as natural <laughs> for sure. One yeah. other thing I do want to mention that I, that I just remembered, um, I think Waukesha County Green Team has a book store, and I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, my book is on there as well, I think. And if you purchase it through there, a uh, portion of the proceeds go back to Waukesha County Green Team.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Cause I do know it, it, it is on there and, um, you can access that through our website, um, org. Yep.
1: Um,
0: and you know, we've got a bookstore on there with a bunch of, bunch of different titles that we, you know, as a group have kind of come up with or heard about that, you know, deal with sustainability or environment or in this case, you know, educating kids about nature and, yeah. um, so, yeah, definitely check it out through there, and we'd all appreciate it. So, um, well, this is cool. Yeah, I've been dying to talk to you since I heard you were writing this, and we've been talking about it in the permaculture and gardening group and in the, cool. you know, the board meetings. So um, that's just really cool that uh, that you did this. It's This is a dream of mine is to do <laughs> it someday. So.
1: Well, there's only one way to start it, and that's to start. So yes. definitely give it a shot.
0: <laughs> when I – yeah, I, I guess I always say when I have the time and that's right. like, <laughs> that's that's the trick, going right? Going and going and going. But um, well, that's too cool. And then I hope you'll, you know, at the, the fair, get a chance to talk to some people about this and, yeah, um, you know, bring some copies and, you know, do your author thing and sign it. And,
1: Absolutely. Know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, so, again, in, in regards to the sustainability fair. You will be there with us, and uh, you'll be doing something called "this, not that." Can you tell us a bit about what that is?
1: Sure. So, the program that I'm doing is taking a look at um, alternative ways of things, or alternative ways of thinking about things that we use in everyday life, or things that we consume. <clears throat> Excuse me, things that we consume. So even, you know, just, I'm just going to give an example here. When we, when we take a look at doing our dishes, um, you know, what kinds of materials do we use when we're doing that? If, if we've got, you know, a range of options on how we scrub our dishes clean, what is maybe a more environmentally sustainable option? What's maybe something that we can let go of, even if we've been, you know, using that, uh, way for years. And, um, I think for a lot of people, you know, we do things just because that's how we've always done them. And we don't really think about different alternatives. And this program is just kind of thinking about maybe some ways that we can do things differently. A couple of other examples that I just have off the top of my head um, my family is going to be adopting a couple of kittens in the next month. And so, you know, we're, of course, having to buy things and the way that I want to go about that is just a little bit more mindful. So um, when we're looking at kitty litter, even, is there an option that is maybe more a sustainable option than just, you know, the, the litter that everybody uses because uh, it's cheaper and, um, and is available? So just, just learning more about what's out there and uh, seeing if it's a viable option for your family.
0: I love that. I mean, I think there's there's a ton of ways we can look at you know our everyday tasks and and find a different different way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I know even for for my um, gardening business, I I use cardboard instead of that landscape fabric.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. Because
0: I'm just sick of seeing landscape fabric shredded in beds and blowing in the wind and right. Um, that type of stuff. But yeah, in the house, I. You know using jars to bring to the the store to fill with the bulk goods and yeah you know. so that'll be fun are you gonna be talking on it engaging people have a game for us what 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 are you going to
1: my, my thought is um, talking is kind of boring. Um, and I realize <laughs> I'm saying this as we're talking on a right, podcast. Right, yeah, that's the so. kind of whole thing we do here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, generally the way that I teach people is uh, you learn by doing. And so I have a ton of hands-on things that um, I will bring along with hand sanitizer and would like to have people participate in a little bit of a sort. So, you know, you've got all these things in front of you what are different alternatives that might go with something that is maybe not the best option. Um, So hopefully getting people talking, getting people just thinking about what's something different that they could use going forward. um, And, you know, maybe exposing them to something brand new that they had never thought of.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, So maybe a tricky question, but what, what is the, the best switch out item that you found that you use in your daily life? What is your, your favorite? This, not that.
1: Oh, my favorite one. That's hard. Um,
0: favorite, maybe most convenient, maybe coolest, however you want to. So, the positive side.
1: so I think uh, a couple of things come to mind. The most convenient one I think for us is we, we don't use, um, paper napkins at our house. Um, I've, you know, over the years kind of just bought up cloth napkins and they work great. And when we're done with them, you know, we just put them in the washing machine or we put them in a laundry basket that's going to go in with the towels. And it's such an easy switch. And I know when we have people over at our house, a lot of times they're like, oh, I don't need a cloth napkin. And I'm kind of like, well, that's all we have. Um, And so I think just, you know, that shift of a mindset um, from something that's disposable to something that is you know, washable and reusable um, is pretty easy. The one that um, I I personally, it took me a long time to do, but I love it is um, the razor that I use in the shower. I've always had, you know, a plastic razor where you change the head out. I think I had the same one from like middle school when I started shaving <laughs> and they discontinued that um, a couple of years ago. And it was kind of like, well, what would be different? What, what could I use that maybe wouldn't use all this plastic? And so I've switched to a razor where you just change the blade itself. And, you know, it took me a couple of months of just looking at the razor and really just thinking about, can I do this? Because I'm kind of a little scared of this razor um, <laughs> to use it. And it's kind of like, wow, this is, I actually like this one better than the one that I've used my whole life. And it has a lot less waste. It's a lot cheaper, actually, too. And so for me, it was a no brainer in the end.
0: That's cool. I like I like both those examples. The the napkin part. It's just funny that, you know, we we see these cloth napkins as, like that. That's super fancy, right? I mean, like that's the the fancy. Like oh, I like I don't even want to use this. Like it's right. a cloth napkin, and it's kind of <laughs> going back to like older times when that's you know we we used what we had you know which was probably more cloth and right um we've gotten so used to in both examples these conveniences and right throwaway stuff it's just kind of easier yep um but uh yeah i mean we we just tend to and i yeah with the the napkins it just makes sense to wash them when you're just constantly buying more and more paper stuff so Yeah. The cost
1: Um, in the long run is definitely, definitely a factor.
0: So what do you think would be the hardest one for people to implement into their lives in your experience?
1: Um, I, it depends on how, how, how out there you want to get, I guess. Um, and I, I say that because for some people it's hard to switch away from like paper plates or red solo cups. Uh, for others, it's like, okay, that's not that big a deal, but you, if you ask me to use like a shampoo bar or a toothpaste that comes in a glass jar, as opposed to, you know, the toothpaste that I've always used, that's pretty out there. And so I, there's definitely a, um, a spectrum of how comfortable you are with trying something that's a little bit different and seeing if you can make it work in your lifestyle. Um and i think that's that's okay uh, a lot of those things are new and different and you know maybe you'd be ready to try it but maybe you'd be ready to try it in 5 years um i remember being in college and going to a professor's house for, she had invited all of us over for dinner and she um didn't have any paper towels she only had cloth like paper towel things or she used rags and i remember thinking that is out there. I have never done that before. And now it's like, that's what we do at our house. So it's, you know, it's a a spectrum of growth and it's kind of what people are comfortable trying.
0: Very well said. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, definitely, I I found some of the switches I've made, they are bizarre in the beginning because again, we've gotten (laughs) used to some of this convenience culture, but you know, you get used to it and then it's kind of bizarre to go back to any other way right you know? so it's like uh you know the shopping bags that was a tough one right um, but then you just have the bag in your vehicle maybe five of them and you know I kind of trained myself because I'm like if I forget my bag I just got to carry everything out yep <laughs> you know you drop things enough times and you remember your you bag. remember
1: right yeah, right No, very but- true.
0: But you can think- also
1: just load it back into your cart and then put it in your car. That, then you won't Yeah, there's,
0: there's it, so. that too. I, <laughs> I tend to go in thinking like, I'm only going to get a few items and then I'm uh-huh. like a whole arm loads of stuff and yeah, it doesn't go that well. But to me, you know, when I think of, of this type of switch, the most out there, hardest one that I could think of doing would be, and I don't have kids, but it would be the diapers.
1: Cloth diapers, sure. Clot diapers. We cloth diapered both of our kids. It Did was you? not easy. Um, and we, and not to say that we did it all the time either, again, spectrum of growth. Um, but I'm proud of how we did it. And, you know, for, for me to look back and think I had less of an impact on our environment, it makes me feel good about how we did it. But yes, there are definitely ways you can make it easier on yourself (laughs) with cloth diapers. So if you ever do have kids, there's a lot of knowledge out there that uh, is definitely shared.
0: That's cool. Well, excellent. Well, thank you, Loriana. Um, Anything else that you want to direct guests to tell them about any new news, a new book, maybe on this, not that. (laughs) You know, I
1: I have a number of new books in the works. They're definitely still in draft and revising form and we'll see what happens um, in the next few years. It it generally takes a while for books to become published. So we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah. We're, We're looking forward to getting back to work in this next school year, Um, having kids back um, in Waukesha, and I do work with UW-Stevens Point as well. So being able to be in classrooms um, and have kids come to us as well across the state and and just getting to do more environmental education is, is really what I'm looking forward to.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I guess we didn't even jump into that. Um, if people want to hear more on that, check out episode one of Greencast. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Loriana, are you still doing some of the same stuff as last time when we just dis- we talked about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, doing energy education for UW-Stevens Point through the Wisconsin Center for Environmental Ed, and Excellent. then uh, still teaching uh, for the Environmental Education Program uh, in the school district of Waukesha as well.
0: Very cool. Well, good deal. Well, thank you so much, Loriana. I appreciate you joining me for this. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone come out and uh, see Lauriana at the Sustainability Fair in August at Retzer Nature Center. I've, I'll probably end up plugging that like five times throughout <laughs> this through the intro and everything, but um, we're, we're really looking forward to this and excited for everyone to come out and check. Yeah, out.
1: absolutely. It's a lot of fun. There are so many people there who are willing to share um, things that they're passionate about and there's so much knowledge to be gained and just just really, really uh, great atmosphere there. Um, so definitely come out and see everybody.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone. Appreciate Appreciate you for joining with us. Wow, I'm going to have to edit that one out. Just,
1: just redo that. I
0: appreciate you all joining us for this episode. Um, and, uh, you know, take, take a note from Loriana here when you're looking at your daily life. Take a look and see, you know, maybe this, not that, and uh, make some changes for some sustainability in your life. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Make sure to check out Greencast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. Greencast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoidovan and Laura Laux with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Koppel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.